0: Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Right now on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Hello and welcome to Change the World with Matt McQuinley. We're continuing our series on taking control of your finances. We're also going to discuss on how financial matters exacerbate mental health issues as well as physical health issues. Financial stress can cause physical issues such as migraines, irritable bowel syndrome, and insomnia. It can also help cause depression, anxiety, and other mental health problems. We're gonna discuss some strategies to improve your financial situation and thus your quality of life while alleviating potential stressors and or triggers. We're going to discuss things like how to establish a cash reserve, budgeting, paying yourself first, managing debt, dealing with creditors, the rule of 72, and planning for the future among other topics. To that end, we have in our studio someone with a keen insight on how these two challenges of mental health and financial stress can collide and how to improve both situations and come out on the other side victorious. Sarah Ryman is a certified business advisor, financial expert, and professional speaker. She provides consulting and coaching to business owners and teaches them how to understand the story behind their numbers so they can have the financial control they need to reduce stress, increase profits, and create financial and time freedom. As a qualified accountant, and business consultant with over 15 years experience in the tax accounting industry and as a business owner since 2006, she knows and understands the challenges business owners face with managing staff, juggling all the balls, and keeping up a healthy lifestyle. Sarah is a motivational speaker and has an inspiring story of overcoming domestic violence, which we know from our episode on domestic violence with 42-year veteran and retired police sergeant Derek McManus and my father, 27-year veteran in Chicago, that one-quarter of women and one-sixth of men have experienced. She suffered from depression, and we know from our episode on depression with David Moran, CEO of Mental Health Partners, that one out of seven people in Australia will suffer from depression. She struggled with drug abuse, which we know from our episode on addiction with David Moran from Mental Health Partners, that 5% of all Australians and close to 13% of Australians from the ages of 16 to 24 will suffer from drug addiction. She struggled with divorce, which we know that 33% of Australians that are married will have to face someday. If you missed any of these episodes or the eight-part series we did on leadership with neuro change master and performance coach Gwen Meyer, check them out on our podcast or our Facebook page, which is Change the World with Matt McQuinley, M-C-Q-U-I-N-L-E-Y. These challenges we just discussed that Sarah faced and overcame help her to be qualified to talk about how changing the way one thinks and what they do can change their life dramatically. In the last session with Sarah, we discussed mindset and how important it is for us to battle the mindset that our parents might have put in our head that money doesn't grow on trees, the scarcity mindset. We talked about the fact that a number watched is a number improved, among many other things. So we left off last time with a discussion on living beneath their means. Sarah had a couple points she wanted to bring up on that. So I'm going to turn it over to Sarah.
2: Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me on again today. Yeah, so just following on from our last conversation around living beneath our means, and I think one of the points that came up in our discussion was people that can probably least afford it go out and buy the most expensive cars. And I know, Matt, that you were quite averse to the fact of buying a $100,000 car when I mentioned that. And to most people, yes, that's a lot of money to spend on a car. But the point of living beneath our means, I think, can work in two ways. So, when we're sort of starting off in life I think when you know when we're in our 20s and we're just getting a job or we're just out of uni you know we want to accumulate some funds obviously we want to save for a house or save for a car whatever we want to do but I think that as time goes on it's not just being frugal or living beneath our means that will help us get to the financial freedom or financial level that we want it's actually knowing how to create wealth, uh, and it's also knowing how to make money work for you. And if I quote the words of Rich Dad Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki, the financial uh, and wealth creation guru, you know he talks about making money work for you and spending instead of spending your whole life working for money. So we just sort of flip the narrative a little bit on that. Is that? What I said was, there's nothing wrong with buying a hundred grand car if you can afford it. So, if you're a business owner, you've got a $20 million company and you're making million dollar profits, then a hundred grand car is probably okay. You can afford it. You've got to that level where you can afford to have that car. You need it for work. You need it for the business. But when we talk about a business owner or someone that's maybe just you know, is an employee of some sort, and their profits are around a hundred grand, one hundred and fifty grand, that sort of mark, and their turnover might only be five hundred. Then, uh, you know, perhaps a hundred grand car is not the best way to go because then we start to really live beyond our means, and we're purchasing a luxury item that could possibly be used uh, for other purposes.
0: I, I think perhaps I, I wasn't really articulate in my position, or maybe you misunderstood me. Okay? Uh, so when I said I would never, I don't, I don't believe I said I would, I would never buy a $100,000 car. Maybe I said that, okay? If my wife wanted a $100,000 car, I'd buy it, okay? <laughs> Me personally, I don't value that because as soon as you drive a car off the lot, it's worth less than you paid for it, Exactly. okay? So what my, I, and I look at things that I buy, if there's something, for example, I bought my, my wife's engagement ring. Okay. I bought it three times cause she's lost it twice. Okay. And it was over $25,000 every time. So I don't, I'm not against spending the money if, you know, it's a morale builder, you know, if it's something that's going to improve your life and, and make you feel better and, and help keep you going. But I also look at the opportunity cost. Okay. Now, if you think about, and we'll talk about this more, the rule is 72. For example, if you spend $20,000 less on a car, okay, and you are somewhere, if if you are somewhere around the age, of, let's say you're 29, then that $20,000 by the time you're 65 years old at a 6% rate of interest is going to be worth... $160,000, $160,000, Correct. okay? Now, for me, the only reason I would buy a $100,000 car or even an $80,000 car or even a, a $60,000 car or probably even a $40,000 car for me, okay, would be to show off, which I don't really feel I need to do and wanna do, Yeah. okay? Because cars aren't a priority for mm-hmm. me. But if it was gonna make me so much happier every morning to get up and get in this car, then maybe I'd consider it. But I look at the fact that I can have $20,000, you know, I can, I can spend this $20,000 now, or I could have 160,000 when I'm 65 and go wherever I want, do whatever I want, have as much fun as I want, use this money, to put my kids through Harvard or whatever. Okay, that's where I look at it. So again, it's like most things in life, I'm sure you'd agree, Sarah, it's about balance mm. and figuring out what your priorities are.
2: Look. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah, and you're 100% right, Matt. But the reality is that I'm, I'm going to say most, I'm not going to, I'd say 95% of people actually don't think in terms of those dollars and those the, the magnitude of their decision making in terms of buying those cars. Because what I see when I work with business owners every every day of the week, what I see is people buying things they can't afford. Mm-hmm to show off to people that they don't like. Yeah. Uh, and someone said that once as a quote, you know, buying yeah. things that really they can't afford, they don't need, and, and to people they don't like. So it's it's just like, you know, you okay, you go out and buy your 100 grand Mercedes and, you you know, you, you think you're really flashy, rock up to the service station and you think, yeah, you know, everyone's looking at me, everyone's look, checking out my car. But in reality, people aren't. They're more concerned with their car. They're more concerned with their beat up Commodore than your 100 grand Mercedes and they probably haven't even noticed. And so again, it's a bit of a mindset shift on this. And for anyone out there that does sort of struggle with this stuff or is thinking, well, why not? Why can't I buy a 100 grand car? My business just turned over whatever. The books that I would recommend reading if you haven't read any financial management books is number one Rich Dad Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki but also Tony Robbins wrote a book called Money Master the Game and that was actually quite I only read that about five years ago and that was quite an eye-opener to me because even though again I'm an accountant I'm trained in the financial industry it still doesn't mean that I was automatically Financially literate, and I mm. knew how to create wealth because mm. they don't, that's not what's taught in accounting. Yeah,
0: I think there's, I think, that I is think that's a great point. I, there are very few accounts that actually do think like somebody that's yeah. going to become wealthy.
2: Mm. So I think the first step with creating financial freedom or reducing financial stress is to educate ourselves. Uh, mm. these, and these look, I think we talked about last time, Matt. You know, I read Rich Dad Poor Dad uh, only probably 10 to 12 years ago, I was 35, and I just thought, wow, why did no one tell me this before? Is this some massive secret? And then Mm. even the Tony Robbins one, that is actually, uh, Money Master the Game actually makes the money management a lot more simple. And I know we're in Australia and some of the concepts in there are American, but Australia and America generally have very, very similar tax systems. So you can probably work out what he's talking about. But he's talking about the compound interest effect. He's talking about investing in shares. He's talking about, you know, how does how do you save if all of your money that comes in goes out straight away? And he talks about, you know, just saving $20 a week, just starting with that. If you've never saved, it doesn't matter how old you are, just start with a plan and that you don't have to be some accountant financial guru you just have to educate yourself and think about how accessible online courses are podcasts are information on this stuff is available to us even as opposed to 10 years ago we can if we really want to invest the time into learning how to become better at money
0: Mm. and and just on your point sarah uh, on mindset I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about two things. One is your mindset reminded me of something Zig Ziglar used to say, okay? And Zig Ziglar, for those of you that aren't aware, was an American Christian motivational speaker and sales trainer. And they used to say, well, Zig, you're, you're a Christian. How can you like money? Money's evil and it's bad. And Zig Ziglar would say, well... I don't believe that God made the diamonds for Satan's bunch, <laughs> okay? So there's nothing wrong with having money unless you're, unless you're yeah. doing it. I, I mean, money's only good for the good it can do. And if you make money your God, and I'm not trying to go too deep into religion here, but if you make that the sole focus of your life, then you're going to have a problem. OK, but it is one less thing and it allows you once you have it mastered, it allows you to follow your dreams, follow your passions, provide for your family and grow the relationships that you want to grow because it's one less thing to worry about. Mm, exactly you know? right.
2: And, and if we yeah. actually do actually read what the Bible says about money, it doesn't say money is the root of all evil, like is quoted so often it says uh, the love of money is the root of all mm, evil. Mm. So yeah, and, and and that's the thing, it's is like if we want to create wealth or we wanna create financial freedom, what's our plan? Let's have some sort of plan as to how we're gonna get there, why we want it. And like you said, Matt, money gives us freedom. So whether you want to drive a five grand car or a fifty five grand car, it's still gonna get you from A to B, hopefully. Mm. Mm. But it's the it's the outcomes of what you want. Why do I want to own four houses? Why do I want to have a hundred thousand dollars invested in shares? Why do I want to build my business up to ten million if it's at one? You know, all of these questions need to be answered. And if it's the fact is that if you've got money, number one, yes, it gets us through life. There's less stress. It's one less thing we don't we don't have to worry about because there's plenty of things to worry about in this world uh, and also it gives you the opportunity to help other people so you can then go and volunteer your time on a on a on a board of some sort or go and volunteer at um, meals on wheels whatever you want to do or at your local church mm. because you don't have the constraints of having to work for money and and trade your time for money because you've got that financial backup
0: That's a great point. And and almost all the philanthropists and the wealthy people in the world figure that out. And that's in the end, in their last 20 years of their life, that's what they're doing. So great insights, of course, from Sarah Ryman. We'll be right back after some messages from our sponsors.
3: Looking for a new coffee machine for your home or workplace? Look no further than Fine Choice Coffee Solutions, your experts in all things coffee why not come in for a chat and a special coffee tasting? You'll find us at 264 Gilbert Street in the city. Mention Radio Italia Uno and you will receive a free 250-gram bag of freshly roasted coffee beans. You can also shop online at www.fccoffee.com.au where you'll find our large range of premium roasted coffee beans, coffee machines, accessories, hot chocolates, teas and lots, lots more. I'm Danielle from Fine Choice Coffee Solutions, your one-stop shop for all things caffeine.
1: I'm Anna Faruja of Chapel Funerals. My role as a funeral director is to guide you through the emotional process of saying goodbye to someone you love. I'm here to help you make all the necessary arrangements so that you and your family may have peace of mind and time to remember and celebrate the life of the person you've lost. When the time comes, I'm here for you. So please call me, Anna Ferruja, at Chapel Funerals on
4: 81825100. Hello, I'm Peter Salerno Please join me on Happy Business Radio every Monday, 2 to 3 p.m. on Radio Italia Uno. We have lots of fun with very interesting guests, we talk about how to start, build, and increase your business. Happy Business Radio on Radio Italia 1 87.6 FM.
2: Ti piace la musica? Hai voglia di metterti in gioco? Entusiasmo e personalità non ti mancano? Radio Italia 1 sta cercando te. Chiama l'82123177 e anche tu avrai la possibilità di entrare a far parte del nostro team. Radio Italia 1, diamo voce alla tua voce.
1: Radio Italia
0: 1 You're listening to Change the World with Matt McQuinley on Radio Italia 1, 87.6 FM. Hello, we're back with Change the World with Matt McQuinley here. And I've got Sarah Ryman in the studio, a financial guru, motivational speaker, and business consultant. You can learn more about all of the great services and help that Sarah can give you on her website, which is
2: sarahryman.com.au.
0: And you spell Ryman.
2: R-E-I-M-A-N-N.
0: So if you want to be helped... She's somebody that can help you. And if she can't, I guarantee you she would take the time to refer you to somebody who could.
2: I certainly will. Mm.
0: And oh, by the way, if you're looking for a lower quality consultant, I'm also available. Uh, I can help you with sales, motivation, and leadership. So let's get back, let's get stuck back into it. Uh, in the last session, we talked a little bit about making major pers- purchases versus not making major purchases. And I wanted to talk a little bit about that just, and then move on. But again, the rule of 72 teaches us, and this is something you can look up on the internet if you, if you, have, you should look up and research further. This is just to whet your appetite here, ladies and gentlemen, that if you put $10,000 per year away from the age of 21 to 29, okay, at a 6%, which the market has always done better than that traditionally over the last 100 years, okay, then you have $780,000 in savings by the age of 65. That's if you don't save a penny after the age of 29, which of course you would, but let's just pretend. And the most important thing in, in building wealth, and the one thing that I did right, and I made a lot of mistakes, but one thing I did really well Is I started early, and you have the advantage of time leverage. Mm -hmm. Like if you if you put ten thousand dollars away at the age of fifty-two, like I am now, guess what? By the time I'm sixty-five, it's twenty thousand. But if I put it away when I was, you know, twenty-one, it was one hundred sixty thousand. I mean, to me, eighty thousand. Okay, so obviously. Time is key, so that's why I always, when I was younger, balance out, and I still do it to some extent, but not as much because the reward isn't as big. I balance out the opportunity cost versus the today cost, and that's why I would say, well, I'd rather have a thirty thousand dollar car, put that seventy thousand dollars, seventy thousand into an investment where I can have way, way, way more money later and do whatever I want, even though I was making. 300 grand a year when I was 26.
2: Mm.
0: So that, that was the thing that I did right.
2: Yeah. And, and you're a hundred percent right, Matt. It's, um, the opportunity cost. And I, I agree with exactly what you're saying, because what you're doing then, like we said before, is you're putting that money away to go work for you mm. instead of you working for it. So the concept of saving that money, uh, I think, what did you say? 10,000 a year. That's about $200 a week. That $192. I
0: meant yeah. to mention so that. Thank you for helping
2: week. me. Is you know when between twenty one and twenty nine, uh, that's you know in today's terms that's most people would earn at least you know four or five times that mm. as a as a minimum wage I would I would guess, uh, but I'm going to challenge it. Is the is the problem is that most people don't think like this? So, well, that's why we're doing this show yeah, is to get them right. to think like that. Okay? So, and the you reason know? that most people don't think like that is they're going okay, Matt, that's fine. I'm I'm twenty two, right? Uh, I've been um, I save two hundred dollars a week, and I've got two daughters that are twenty and twenty two, and I've always instilled in them to save and not spend everything every every last cent that you get every week, so they know that. But the problem from there is, I mean, we're living in an age at the moment where. Money in the bank is virtually dead money. We're only getting 0.01%. Oh, so oh yeah. No point. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying no, save no. it and put it so, under a rock.
0: That no. You actually lose money when you that, do that because of right. inflation. But
2: most people will do that. So 99% of people will leave their money in the bank because they feel that it's safe. But And the reason that they don't invest it in, say, the share market or in property or those sort of things is because there's a risk attached to that. And a lot of people simply don't have the appetite or the stomach for that risk that's in, you know, in the shares. And also, uh, when you talk to people about this stuff, is they go, well, uh, I don't know about the share market. I wouldn't even know where to start. So if we want to talk about how we can do this stuff, I can give people some tools that they could use to help them get started in the share market. So going back to Tony Robbins' book, Money Master the Game, he talks about investing this sort of money. So $20 a week, $200 a week, starting small. These days, we've actually got platforms, and one of them I'll give you an example, called Raise, R-A-I-Z. And that is a sort of mini app, like an investment platform where you can decide uh, to put your money into like kind of a managed fund environment where they take a certain amount of money every week. So you might decide, okay, that $200 that you're talking about, Matt, I'm going to just give that to Raise, R-A-I-Z, go and look it up, and they will invest in... S&P, ASX, you know, all of the international or the Australian markets for you as to what you determine. Now, of course, again, there's risk. But if people are starting from a point where they're going, okay, what shares do I buy? How do I buy that? How do I get onto the ASX? You know, I don't even know that, is that this is stuff that we didn't have 10 years ago. This is things that they can just take money out of you. They can just direct debit your bank account with $50 and you know that that money is actually going to grow a little bit. And like you said, Matt, the history of the share market is that it's grown by on average 6% in the last 100 years. And we, we know that history repeats itself.
0: It's actually higher than 6%. The Dow averaged, I'll have to get back to that number. I think it's something like Over the last hundred years, it's something like 12.1%. I use 6% to be negative. I'd like to pick up on something you said. We're not going in the directions I planned on going with this show, but it's all positive stuff, so it's worth it. You know, when you say a lot of people don't do it because of the risk, oh, it's risky, I could lose it all. No, okay? No. You. I mean, if you're 50 or 55 or 60, yeah, okay, maybe all right? But one of the things that, again, that I did right, okay? And I've done a lot of things wrong. I'm not trying to talk about how great Matt is, okay? I'll let Sarah do that, because she likes to talk about how great I am, okay? But is that I learned from history, the Kennedys, John Kennedy, Teddy Kennedy, Bobby Kennedy, those guys, okay? The way they got rich was their father, a lot of people don't know this, was a bootlegger, he made alcohol, illegally sold it, okay? He made all this money, okay? When the Great Depression came and everybody else panicked, he put it in the market because he knew eventually it would go up and it always goes up. So even though I wanna, I'm in the long run, not, to, not tomorrow, not next year, not five years, but in the long run, it always goes up. And if you're investing at the age of 21 to 29, 30 to 40, 40 to 50, you've still got time on your side. And I tell you, I've been through it myself. I mean, I had margin call. I mean, I literally would have three margin calls a day. And if you don't know what a margin call is, you can look it up, but a margin call is basically when you've borrowed against those investments to make other investments. And because your stocks have went down so much, there you have less equity like you would in a home, a home, and then you have to pay pay money back, okay?
2: Think, think I, GFC, yeah, 2008. Yeah,
0: and, and, I, and that's exactly what I'm talking about. The, in the GFC, I had literally three margin calls a day for a couple times. Yeah, yeah. And it was a margin call almost every day. And I'm trying to manage it from Australia when the investments in the so. United States, okay? Yeah. And of course, the most people, what they do is they panic and they pull out.
2: Exactly, that is
0: the worst mm-hmm, thing mm-hmm. you can do. Went through the same thing with COVID, and I, and I, you know, and COVID, I'm still 48, 49, been through this, been, was go, went through it with September 11th when the market plummeted down to eight thousand. The day, I mean, they closed the New York Stock Exchange for a week. When it opened, it crashed. Okay, you know, I went through it in the 90s with the when the tech bubble burst. Mm-hmm. I've seen this happen, okay, myself, three or four times. And every time I wanna take the money out, but I don't. And I'm panicking and I'm stra—I'm like, I'm panicking, but I know that panicking is gonna get me killed. So I leave it in there and it comes back. You know, know, I I mean, the Dow is back at 35,000. Now that's scarier when you don't have 10, 15 years left to work, Mm -hmm. okay? but you write it out. If you put it in and it's a, it's a mutual fund or something where you got your chips. And by the way, we're not giving out financial advice. We're, uh, everything we say is general information only. Mm-hmm. Don't run out and vet, invest on stuff based on what I'm saying today. Get a proper financial advisor, okay? But you put it in a general thing where you've spread your chips out on the, on the roulette wheel not, or the, the table where you've got them all covered in all these places. You don't put too many eggs in one basket and you wait it out. You don't have to be smart. I'm an example of that. Okay, you don't have to be smart, but you will come out ahead if you start if you take time on your side and you start before you're 40 or uh, and if you're not 40, well you do what you can do now. I mean, uh, you know, so you're still going to be ahead of the game if you're 50 but you just won't be as ahead, ahead of the game as if you started when you were 20 or 30, where you can get huge results.
2: Yeah, and, and that's exactly right, Matt. And the thing that even, like I think about in Australia here last year when COVID really hit home was about March, 2020. The, if you have a look at the stock market, it, that crashed. That absolutely crashed back in March, 2020. And I know a couple of people that got really, really scared, had their super fund, which was invested, like ninety percent in shares, took it all out and put it into cash because they were scared. Because fear overwhelms them, and this is where we need to get into the mindset stuff. Is because I agree one hundred percent with what you're saying, Matt. The reality is that most people don't have that elevated appetite for risk, and the fear takes over when it comes to the decision making on buying and selling. But stocks it's not risk if you've
0: got time leverage. <laughs> it's just it, again, it's, people you know, don't think ahead. It's not risk, okay. I mean, if you're investing the money that's that that's extra, and you just wait it out, you just wait it out. It might be hard. Turn off the TV if you have to. You know, I said I stopped looking because I my, I lost. Hundreds of thousands, I can't even remember. I think it was seven or eight hundred thousand dollars in the COVID net worth, you know. When it but climbed. it's only a
2: loss and, if and, you realize it. Yeah, and yeah. It and, and I
0: just, I refuse to look at it. I'm like, <laughs> I can't watch this anymore. It'll be better later. I'll look later. And I put my fingers in my ears and close my eyes and i la, 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 la. And that's, and and now it's worth way more than it was a year ago, year and a half, whatever that was. All right. Well, again, great insights from Sarah Ryman. And we're going to have to pay some bills to keep the lights on. So let's hear from our sponsors. Yo.
1: Ciao. Armando Paradiso from Unique Stone. Delivering quality stone tops to South Australia for over 20 years. Granite. Marble, Caesarstone, Unique Stone, Granito, Marmo, Caesarstone, Unique Stone. Thinking stone benchtops to your kitchen, bathroom or furniture? Unique Stone at Jacobson Crescent Holden Hill. Call us now, 8266-2280. Unique Stone, we won't be beaten. Come on, que se facendo? Yo, adesso.
4: When you enter Chiera & Sons Fresh Market and Joanna's Kitchen, it feels just like home. This four-decade young, iconic South Australian business is situated in the Hollywood Plaza, Salisbury. For fresh fruit and veggies, see Tony and Frank and their wonderful staff, offering the finest produce and fine foods. And specials last all year, like the Millel Pecorono cheese, just $15.99 per kilo, when you buy the entire wheel. Support a family owned business, drop in to their Hollywood Plaza store or call three one double five. that's 8283315. Welcome to the family.
1: Hi, I'm David Heath. Join me each Saturday afternoon from 2pm until 5pm with Saturday Sports Scoreboard. No matter what your sports passion, we'll be covering it during our three hours together. I'll be crossing to various sporting events, we'll chat with your favourite sports stars and we'll take your calls. Every Saturday afternoon, 2 until 5 on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM.
3: Radio Italia Uno. Sito internet
2: www.italiauno.com.au. Seguici anche sulla nostra pagina Facebook e Instagram.
1: Radio Italia Uno.
0: You're listening to Change the World with Matt McQuinley on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Hello, we're back with Sarah Ryman, financial guru, business consultant, motivational speaker, and veritable fount of positivia and financial wisdom. So uh, in our last session, I wanted to steal a little bit of thunder and talk a little bit before we kick it back over to you, Sarah, I just wanna get across that back in the old days when I was growing up, we talked about delayed gratification and that was the rule that helped me build the wealth that i have now and i'm not saying you have to live in a burlap sack under a bridge you know and 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 not have food or shoes or whatever you know but you know you have to weigh out weigh the the benefit of spending this $20,000 today versus what it can get you you know 30 40 years from now that's that's the real point. And there are organizations that you can look up on the internet and you can see if they're right for you, like the FIRE movement, which uh, you know, a group of young people have put together to help people retire early and be financially free. So uh, it's called FIRE, F-I-R-E. You can check it out and figure out what's right for you. But I think delayed gratification is something that we haven't taught in a long time. Now it's all instant gratification. You know, I did graduate from university. I have no experience, so I should make a quarter million dollars a year, have all my weekends and evenings free. I should be able to come in late and leave early. Uh, And, you know, that's not really the best way to get ahead, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, and this is a good topic, Matt, because it'll probably segue into the bad debt or loans or credit sort of, conversation as well but I guess the unfortunate reality is that is in 2021 we live in a cultural world where media screams get it now I want it now we need it all right now straight away Uh, you know when I I think I talked about this this in the last episode is that when I first married my first husband I was 23 we had a child virtually straight away we moved into a small house uh, and all of the furniture and stuff in there, the fridge, the dining table, the lounge, uh, my daughter's cot and all the baby gear was actually all given to us because we didn't have a whole lot of money. I, did, I wasn't working for a year leading up. He had a very low-paying job and thankfully someone gave us a washing machine and gave us a fridge and all of that stuff. And whilst it would have been nice to have all of the really, really good nice things when you first get married and have a baby, that wasn't our rea- reality we had to delay gratification on that. And then, of course, you, you know, as the years went on, we got I got a better job and I went and studied, et cetera, and, and we were able to build wealth that way. So I think starting out in life, especially if you're in your 20s, is waiting for the better things to come is a better way because I've seen a, quite a few people in their 20s get themselves into large amounts of credit and personal debt that's unmanageable. So my do- one of my oldest daughters, she's uh, 22, and she said to me a few years ago, she said, Mum, some of my friends come to me and they go, I've got no money left this week. You know, they might have had a part-time job or they might have even had a full-time job probably at that point. You know, how can people just spend everything they get and then have nothing left at the end of the week? That was her question to me. And I said to her, because, Claire, they haven't been taught what I taught you. So she just assumed that everyone mm. was taught what I taught her. Mm. Now, what I taught her was to save, to have a separate bank account where your money actually, like when she got her first job, she was 15, she worked at McDonald's. I went to the bank with her, I set up two accounts and I told her that all of her pay goes into her savings account and her FPOS or her card that she got money out with or paid for things uh, was... Uh, was a. Just what she put in there was like $100 a week or $50 a week just so she could live on. But the actual majority of her pay went into a savings account, a separate savings account that she could not access via an F card. Now, she said to me, but doesn't everyone do that? And I said, no,
3: mm.
2: not everyone does that. But she was flabbergasted she, she actually told me that some of her friends at 20 had got themselves into about $20,000 worth of personal debt. Mm. They were still living at home. And I said, but how did they do that? Zip pay, after pay, mm. credit cards, mm. car loans, mm-hmm. banks sending young people letters saying, hey, do you want to up your limit from two to five grand, from five to ten grand? And because they weren't taught by parents or weren't, didn't have any sort of financial training, they just assumed that's what you do. Mm. Uh, So there's a big lesson to learn in that. I think, again, I mentioned this last time, was that my parents never taught me that. My Mm. parents did not teach me how to save. I saw credit. I saw debt. I saw borrowing. I saw my parents taking money out of mortgages to prop up a business that was failing. So I wasn't taught that stuff. I didn't just get born into it. I had to learn Mm. how to be financially literate later on in life. So if anyone's thinking today, look, you know, I... I want, I want to get a really good car and I want to get the best house and I want to have all the great furniture is if you delay it uh, and you'll find if you research too, some of the most successful and richest people in the world aren't people that have degrees or univers- or professors or PhDs. They're people that were actually financially savvy from an early age and knew the concept of delayed gratification to serve their purposes later on. I mean... Think I think about, I read a property magazine a few years back and a guy was 30 years old and he was financially free and he owns like 15 houses and they all give him positive rental cash flow. And you go, like, how does that happen? But that guy, when he was 17, 18, 19, 20, he wasn't out at the pub with his mates mm. spending all his money on beer and grog no. or at nightclubs. No. He was home, you know, having chicken dinners on his own and saving money. Mm. And that's the reality of it. There's, there's got to be some sort of sacrifice. Or he at went some and had point. water. Or yeah. he went and had water, yeah. yeah. So there's got to be some sort of sacrifice at some point in your life to get to the point where you do accumulate the wealth for, for financial freedom. And, and that is in delayed gratification.
0: Mm. I, I think those are awesome points. And there's a couple things there that that jumped out uh, to me that I, I'd like to talk about. And first thing is, Sari gives me a hard time for being American all the time. I believe it's because she's jealous, but I've never told her that. But OK, uh, you know, a lot of people hang uh, stuff on America because they say America starts all these wars that are wrong and they're horrible and all this stuff. And I tell you what, I mean, what America has, I I believe America is great and has been the best country that's had the most influence and used it for the good and abused it less, we make mistakes, we've made some big mistakes, but we abuse it less than all the other uh, empires or empire-like nation states. But that being said, one thing that we really should be apologizing for, one thing that we really have done that has messed up the world are two things. One, we've sent McDonald's, Hungry Jacks, and all those guys all over the world and taught people how to become obese. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. and and, and uh, please don't sue me. McDonald's and Hungry Jacks are your great companies. <laughs> and two is we taught everybody to live above their means. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know that's that's hurt people way more than anything else. This idea that you can have it all now you know, is, is, is damaging. And, and, and I'm not somebody, if you've listened to this show who says you can't do it, it can't be done. That's the opposite of what this show has been about. But the reality is, is it does take time and the effort has to be put in and you need a plan. And, and it brings me back to uh, you talking about these kids that are living with their parents and $20,000 dead. I mean, it, Brings me back to the fact that we talked about, I think in the last show, that the average Lexus owner, okay, and this is something I read 10, 15, 20 years ago, before the financial crisis, was always only, only one check away from bankruptcy, mm-hmm. okay? So that's just not a great place to live. No. I mean, mentally. I mean, think about it. And there are organizations for you that have, and again, we're not endorsing any particular place. This is not advice that you should take and run with, get a proper financial advisor, but there are organizations like My Spending Plan that help you do something like Sarah was just talking about. Set up this account, set up that account, have the money come from here, this is what you need to spend, that will help you figure out, get deep in the weeds with you on the details on how to manage your finances. And if you haven't had that experience, if you haven't had the parenting and the teaching like Sarah's kids were lucky enough to have, try one of those.
2: Yeah, and, definitely. And, and there's and, not
0: a lot of money involved in using them either.
2: And there's, uh, I mean, the, uh, another great book is, if you, it's, it's basic, if I can say that, is The Barefoot Investor. Mm. Uh, now, that's a great place to start if you're struggling with finances, if you're in debt, if you're in you know, uncontrollable debt, that's a great place to start because it gives you the basics of money management. Uh, and look, Matt, one of the things I'm passionate about is teaching young people how to handle money. I was down in the southeast recently in Mount Gambia teaching a, a room full of 25 teenagers on adulting 101 money management for young people to help them do that and one of my passions is to get into schools and teach this stuff unfortunately it's not on the school curriculum oh my god so there's a battle there so any teachers out there if you're looking for someone to come and teach your teenagers or your high school students on how to better manage money i'm your girl
0: i'll do it too I mean if you want somebody that's lower cost <laughs> and lower quality. I would do it for free. <laughs> okay. I might even pay you to do it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. All right. Well, again, keen insights from Sarah Ryman. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors.
4: At Elders Insurance Adelaide East, our mission is to provide outstanding service and superior coverage to each and every one of our clients. With over 30 years of experience, we treat every client with mutual respect and understanding. We'll listen carefully to your specific needs and requirements in order to develop insurance solutions with a level of service and coverage you can't find anywhere else. Elders Insurance Adelaide East is a family-owned and run business with a Italian tradition which is built on honesty, integrity and trust. Make an appointment today and go and see Tony and the team at Elders Insurance Adelaide East 54 to 56 Kensington Road, Rose Park or telephone 8364 9477 We're an authorised representative of Elders Insurance, Underwriting Agency Proprietary Limited, Elders Insurance, underwritten by QBE Insurance, Australia Limited
3: Have you heard of podcasts? Podcasts are like having a personal radio station that people can listen to on-demand about topics they are interested in. And now thanks to Podcast City, you can record your own podcast and have your own on-demand radio show. You can use our professional recording equipment at the studios of Radio Italia Uno or Podcast City can come to your location with our mobile studio. Podcast City can just record your audio or work with you to plan, record, edit, and distribute your podcast to your audience. If you would like to find out more and receive a free podcast startup checklist or book a time to record your podcast, call Radio Italia Uno on 821 or go to podcastcity.com.au Podcast City, podcasting the easy way. Better, better for
4: life. As your parents get older, at some stage, it's likely they'll need your help. At Southern Cross Care, we'd love to help you help them. Our wide range of quality home care services are designed to take care of mum and dad, their health, home and even garden. We're compassionate, capable, police checked and proudly South Australian. If you want the best home care for your parents, call 1800 852 772 or visit southerncrosscare.com. .com.au better,
3: better, better
1: Hi, I'm David Heath. Join me each Saturday afternoon from 2pm until 5pm with Saturday Sports Scoreboard. No matter what your sports passion, we'll be covering it during our three hours together. I'll be crossing to various sporting events, we'll chat with your favourite sports stars and we'll take your calls. Every Saturday afternoon, 2 until 5, on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM.
2: La tua attività? Vuoi aumentare il tuo volume di affari? Non sai a chi rivolgerti? Chiama Radio Italia 1. Il nostro staff commerciale è a disposizione per ogni informazione o preventivo personalizzato. Chiama all'82123177. Radio Italia 1. E anche tu sarai un numero 1.
1: Radio Italia 1.
0: You're listening to Change the World with Matt McQuinley on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Hello, and welcome back to Change the World with Matt McQuinley. I'm back with financial guru, business consultant, motivational speaker, and well-to-do lady, financially, who is also a high school dropout, Sarah Ryman. I only say the high school dropout part to to tell everybody and remind everybody at Sarah's request, that I mentioned this, <laughs> that it can be done. Mm-hmm. You don't need to sit there and go, I don't have the skills. I don't have the the background. I don't have the education. I don't have, I don't have. You don't need any of that. This can be done. And it's not as hard as you think. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I, I just found it amazing in the last session, Sarah, where you were talking about how the schools have no interest in teaching somebody about their finances. I, 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 I you know I'm a little bit like your daughter uh, in that um, you know, I learned mo- a lot of the stuff we're talking about in my personal merit, uh, my personal management merit badge and Boy Scouts, you know? <laughs> and then I read some books after. Mm. So I'm like, well, why would you, I mean, why would you think you wanna buy a $100,000 car when you're 21? I mean, that would be silly, you know? I mean, mm. I mean, I can understand how it would help you with get girls, but you know, just have personality mm. and then that'll save you a lot of money. Yeah. So, but anyway, uh, I do wanna say in the minute or two we have here, Sarah, is there anything that you would like them to carry away from the talk that we had today? What's the biggest thing?
2: I think all of your points, Matt, were really valid early on. And um, it might seem, seem like to some of the listeners that Matt and I are having a disagreement, but we're not. All I'm doing is challenging that narrative because I know that many people struggle in the area of finances or accumulating wealth. And when we really, really get down to it, it is a mindset shift. Uh, these things that we're talking about, FIRE, you know, Financial Independence Retire Early Movement or the Rich Dad Poor Dad or the Money master the Game, these sort of books about wealth creation is not a the common narrative that we hear in the media, it's not the common uh, curriculum that's taught in schools, it's a different kind of way of thinking and many people are opposed to it or they just don't think it's reality or they think oh, it can't be me. But so what I'm here to tell you today is, like Matt said, I was a year 10 high school dropout, okay? I didn't complete year 10. I didn't complete year 11 or 12. Yes, I went on to do a degree and complete my accounting later in my 20s. But I also didn't find out about this stuff until I was into my 30s, into my mid-30s. I knew, you know, I was taught... Get a degree, educate yourself, get a good job, buy a house. You know, I mean, it's the Australian or the American dream is to own and buy and own a house, isn't it? But I wasn't taught how to then take that to the next level of not just owning a house, but to own multiple properties. Uh, I'm a property investor. I have probably a boring type of property investor. I've got a, a few properties that just bring in rental income, and I've also got some some money in shares too. But I didn't get there not educating myself on this different type of mindset around creating wealth and not just working for money so if people take away anything from this it's like matt said you can change your financial situation if it's not great you can take steps to improve it no matter what age you're at uh, because the effect of the compound interest effect or the rule of 72 really does work
0: thank you sarah of, of course words of wisdom again is and which is what we come to expect from you uh i want to thank sarah for being here with us today and also i want to say that if you want to hear more about the help sarah could give you you can check her out on her website which is
2: au,
0: which is spelled
2: r-e-i-m-a-n-n
0: awesome Well, this week we talked about the importance of mindset to being successful financially and taking control of your finance. Next week, as always, Monday at 6 p.m., we will be talking about how to actually start taking control of your finances step by step. Step one, step two, step three, step four, and so on. So please tune in next week at 6 p.m. for Change the World with Matt McQuinley. And as always, I will leave you with a brief inspirational message. It is often said that success breeds success. The corollary to that, which isn't discussed quite as much, but is talked about, is that failure breeds failure. The person I wanna talk about next proves that this is not necessarily the case. He proves that we were all given the gift of free will, and we can be, to a large extent, masters or mistresses of our own destiny. His only sibling died at age four, when he was only nine years old. The following year, his parents separated, probably partly due to the death of a child, but in large part due to the fact that his father, although a pleasant man, failed in business after business, and staggered from failed business venture to failed business venture. He lost money from coast to coast in the United States. Some, but not all of his failures where he lost money included investing in a perpetual motion machine, oil wells, farming, farm equipment, cough drops, cabinetry, silver, livestock remedies, picture painting, canned goods, and second-hand junk dealing. This boy, whose sister had died, whose parents had separated, who had seen his father fail so many times, dropped out of school at age 13, which for him meant that he received no schooling after the fourth grade. After dropping out of school, he apprenticed as a printer. He didn't like it and quit. Things didn't seem to be going well for him so far. But unluckily for him, they're gonna get a lot worse. At age 14, he expressed an interest in making candy and became an apprentice candy maker. Four years later, at the age of 18, he borrowed $150 from his aunt and set up his own candy shop. After struggling for five whole years, he failed had to close his shop. He moved to Colorado to be with his father. They set up a business and they failed there too. He then teamed up with his dad, moved to Chicago and opened another candy shop that failed in just a few months. He then moved to New York on his own and set up another business, which went bankrupt as well. A biographer wrote about him, quote, if failure is the best instructor, Dot, dot, dot. You could argue that he had earned a doctorate. He tried to start another business in what he loved the most, candy, but his relatives turned him down for a loan. He proceeded anyway. This time it went right. He learned from all his mistakes. The Lancaster Caramel Company took off and employed hundreds of people by the time he attended the World's Fair in Chicago. He visited a German company's exhibit that was making candy bars from cocoa beans. He then bought the entire exhibit. He decided that caramel was a thing of the past and sold his caramel business. At that time, chocolate was a rich man's luxury. He wanted to change that. He opened a chocolate factory in Dairy Church, Pennsylvania. In 2020, This factory and this company employed 16,880 people on sales of 8.15 billion US dollars and its products were sold in 70 countries. The town of Gary Church, where he set up his factory many, many years ago, changed its name in honor of that company to the man who founded it, Hershey, Pennsylvania. What do we learn from Milton Hershey? Well, in his own words, reflecting on what he learned from his failures that helped him to ultimately become successful, he said that number one, quote, I didn't follow the policies of those already in the business. If I had, I would have never made a go of it. Instead, I started out with a determination to make a better nickel chocolate bar than any of my competitors made, and I did so. The second thing he said was that he believed, quote, if I put a chocolate on the market that was better than anyone else was making or was likely to make and keep it absolutely uniform in quality, the time would come when the public would appreciate it and buy it, unquote. The third thing he says, which was key to his success, which is near and dear to my own heart is he said, quote, business is a matter of human service, unquote. What else do we learn from Milton Hershey? Well, we definitely learn that there are two kinds of people out there, and there are two kinds of people listening to this broadcast right now. There's the kind of person that will believe, I came from failure, I'll be a failure. I was born without advantage, so I can't succeed. I've failed before, I'll fail again. I just don't have what it takes and it's too hard. And then there's the other kind of person who will be determined to succeed regardless of their failures, who might get discouraged but will never be defeated, who will succeed regardless of adversity and will not give up. The question is, as always, which one are you?